All right, so half of you guys are awake. The other half, how are y'all doing? You guys doing okay? You guys want to give me a hoo? Anybody? Okay, there's a couple of you. You're still not awake. We'll wake you up by the time the service is over. I promise you that. Man, I am so excited about the new year. Anybody have some awesome New Year's resolutions this year? Anybody out there? Anybody make a New Year's resolution? Okay, we have one person. The rest of you, y'all are slacking. What's the deal? Okay, two. Octavia, good. I'm glad that you're making some resolutions. That's awesome. Hey, I, I know that uh, preparing the new year, man, God has got some incredible, incredible things for each and every one of us. I believe that 2012 is going to be one of the best possible years for a lot of people out there. And I'm believing God's going to do some amazing things in our lives. And, uh, you know, every, every year I, I like to sit down and I like to make out some resolutions. I like to put on paper the things that I believe that God wants to do in my life and some things that I want to commit to him to. And, and so uh, I, was, I was talking to some people this week and just talking to them and just hearing from all different kinds of people about the fact that, man, these are some goals. These are some things that we want to do this year. These are some, some things that we want to make happen in this new year. And so as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the fact that a lot of times we do that, but we seem to stumble not very far afterwards. You know, they say that within the first 30 days of the new year, most people have already given up on the resolutions they made. Anybody else had that in the past? They like started out saying, man, I'm gonna go to the gym. That's why the gym every year right now, don't go sign up for a gym membership and commit to the next 17 years to them because within 30 days, 90% of those people don't ever dawn the doors of that gym again. I know I'm one of those people, I still have that contract, so I'm stuck in it, you know, I don't know if anybody else is out there that's like that, but a lot of times we make resolutions and we don't seem to follow through with them, and this is what I want us to do this year, I don't want us just to make resolutions and not and not be committed to them, but this year I want us to really commit to some things, and I've got some visions for all of us, and I've got some ideas for all of us on, on how do we take our commitments to the next level, and we're going to be taking a look at some verses, it's in different spots, but first we're going to look at Ephesians uh, 4, 11 through 16, because I believe that if, if we can capture some of this, we can keep things in the right priority in life. We can keep some of the things that we need to have in, in, in focus continually before us each and every day. And so in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says this, God is the one who gave gifts to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. The body of Christ, until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature and full grown in the Lord, measuring up to the full stature of Christ. I just want to stop right there because that is really the objective of Coastal Community Church. The objective of our church, why we exist, is we want to help you become that full maturity of Christ, be full grown in the Lord. We want you to, as we say around here, we want you to be fully devoted to Jesus. We want you to be growing in your relationship with God and others. We want you to be guiding people to Christ and we want you to be giving of yourself in, in serving and your resources and putting God first in every single aspect. And so the vision for this year is, man, we want you to move closer and closer to being that fully devoted follower of Christ. I mean, that is, that's why we're all here. I hope we're not just here to hear a good message every week and then go on and live our lives and do nothing with it. Because if that's all we're doing, we might as well just leave because that is of no substance and of no use to us. I mean, that's just tickling our ears. And so it goes on to say, um, then we will no longer be like children. Basically, God's saying, man, this year I want you all to grow up. And he goes on to say, forever changing our minds. Instead, we will hold to the truth in love as each part does its own special work and helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. 
Basically, man, we want this year, we want to be spurring one another on, encouraging one another to grow into that full maturity. And this is what I, I found out this, this, this coming Christmas, because my wife and I don't have kids, but my sister-in-law was at our house, and she had her kids there. And, and so my niece and nephew were at our house, and my niece is three years old. Her name is Brooklyn. We call her Brookie. And so she's this little bundle of joy that just runs around and says crazy things and, and calls things the wrong things and, and can't do a lot for herself. If you've had a three-year-old in your house, house, you find out that you have to do a lot of things for them. Can I get an amen to all of you guys that have like a three-year-old in your house, right? Or you've had one. You know what it's like, man. They're, they're, you ask them, do you have to go to the bathroom? And they say no, even though they do. And so they pee on themselves, you know, and you're like, come on. I, did, I just asked you, why are you doing that? Then she has a 10-year-old son and his name's Avery. And so, and we found out that sometimes, you know, even though he's 10, we still have to do the same things for him that we do for Brooklyn because he hasn't grown up yet. And this year, so many times we treat our relationship with God the same way. We think just because we're born, just because we're young, we don't have to grow up. We've accomplished. We've found Christ, and, and that's awesome, and that's a great first step. But if that's all that you're going to do, you're missing out on what Jesus wants to do in your life. Jesus this year wants you to grow in your spiritual maturity. He wants you to grow up and do some incredible, incredible things for his name and for his renown. And this year, he wants you to discover your purpose. This year, he wants you to discover why you were put here on earth, and he wants to use you to impact other people's lives. But the only way that we're going to do that is if we're growing more like him, if we're becoming more fully devoted, if we're taking daily steps to look more and more like Jesus Christ in our life. But so many times we're just content with where we are. And this year, our vision for, this, for our church is one word, it's growth. It's growth. And it's, it's primarily growth within us. Because this is what I know is growth within us is growth everywhere else. If we're growing, if we're looking more and more like Christ, then we're going to change and transform this community for Jesus. Because that's where it starts. It doesn't start by us going out. It starts with God doing something within. And this year, over the next couple of weeks, man, we're going to talk about what God wants to do. And I believe that there's a couple areas that God really wants us to grow in. And the first one is he wants us growing in. He wants us to have some spiritual growth in our life. The second area that he wants us to grow in is he wants us growing out. He wants us reaching out to those that are far from him so that they can see how awesome God is because of what he's doing inside of our life. Another area is growing up. He wants us to mature. He wants us to be more committed than we've ever been before. The other, the other area of growth that I think that God really wants us to grow in is he wants us to grow together. He wants us to be in a deeper community than we've ever been in where we're truly doing life with one another, where we're, we're sharing hurts, we're sharing pains, we're sharing successes, we're celebrating one another, we're holding each other accountable, and we're seeing each other truly become what God wants us to do. And at the same point, we're, we're cheering each other on. And I just believe that today, that God wants to do something incredible within us. And I, and I know that God, more than anything, wants us to grow spiritually. And that's really what we're going to dive into today is, is, man, God wants us to grow spiritually. And Jesus told this story in Luke chapter 8. If you guys want to turn in your Bibles there, or like Blake said, if you want to take out your notes and click that QR code and look at it on your phone, we'll have it on the screens as well. But if you want to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8, we're going to be taking a look at a story there today. And... Uh, that, that illustrates three common barriers that keep, that I believe that keep you and I from growing spiritually. But he also in this story, he gave us three keys to growing to our full potential. 
And I believe that today God wants us to grow to our full potential. And this story is about a farmer who threw out seed. It falls on four different types of soil. Three represent, uh, three of the, the, these stories represent three of the different responses to God that people have a lot of times. And later on, Jesus interprets the story so people of that day could understand and he wants them to really get that. And he said the f- farmer in the story represents God and the seed that is sown is, represents the word of God, the Bible that we preach out of every single week. It represents that and what it does in people's heart. And basically, the soil represents our receptivity to God, our attitudes of what God wants to do inside of us and where we are personally with one another and how he wants to move within us. And so basically, Jesus wants us to learn from this story. He wants us to look into these scriptures and realize that, man, there's some things that if if we want to grow spiritually, that we can really gain from these scriptures. And the first thing that he wants us to realize is that if we want to grow spiritually, we have got to be receptive to God. We've got to be receptive of God. You know, I must want to grow. I gotta be eager to grow. I gotta have a desire to grow. And I've gotta be spiritually receptive to that. You wanna know why the primary reason people don't grow? It's because they don't wanna grow. They choose not to grow. They decide that, man, there's other things that are more important. And so they're spiritually unreceptive. They're spiritually unresponsive. In fact, there's within a three-mile radius of this of this address right here. There's over 100,000 people today that decided that they probably did not want to go to church because you want to know why? They're unreceptive to God. They're not interested in God. One of the reasons you're here is because there's some receptivity to God. You want to hear from God. You want to see God do something in your life. And if we're going to see God truly move in our lives this year, we have got to be receptive to him. We've got to, and Jesus said, this is like the first kind of soil. In Luke chapter eight, verse five, it says this, a farmer went out to plant some seed. And as he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds came and eight. And so that's the first kind of soil. And Jesus, and he, he defines the soil in verse 12. He says, that seed fell on the hard path represents those who hear the message, but then the devil comes and steals it away and prevents them from believing and being saved. What it's saying is, man, when seed gets thrown on this kind of soil, man, it's so hard and it's so compacted that it's unable to penetrate it, man. And, it, and it, what happens is, is birds come along and they pick that seed up before it ever has an opportunity to sprout in people's lives. And what Jesus was, was going along and what he was saying here is he's saying, man, that hardened path that's right there, know what that is? That's a closed mind. And people today, a lot of people today have a closed mind. They, they don't think that there's ever an opportunity for God to do something in their lives. And, and so many times we're like this. We're, we're closed-minded. We're narrow-minded. We don't, we're not open to what God wants to do in our lives. And we never give God a chance in our lives. We don't even give him an opportunity to work. Because instead of praying and asking God to do something, we never take that step. We desire to have miracles happen, but we don't believe God for that miracle to take place. So therefore, we miss out on what he wants wants to do in our lives. And so many times we're just closed-minded to what God wants to do in our lives. And when our minds are closed and when our hearts are hard, we're unwilling to listen. There is nowhere to go there. There's nowhere to grow there. There's no opportunity for God to do a work in your life. 
And there isn't going to be any spiritual growth. In fact, yesterday I was out shopping with my wife and, and, and Jordan and Kristen, his, the worship guy today, and his wife. We were out. We were actually here in the promenade shopping. And um, we, were, we were in a store and we were talking. And one of the girls happened to go to our church. And so we, I was talking to her as we were checking out. My wife was buying some boots. She loves boots and shoes. Every girl loves those. And so we're sitting there talking. And the manager comes up and stands next to her. And we're talking. And she's like, hey, this is my pastor. And they go to church. And, and she's like, oh, that's great. And, and we were talking, like, hey, what are you doing for the new year? And she was telling us this. And we asked the lady, what are you doing for New Year's Day? And she's like, oh, I'm doing nothing. And I was like, well, why don't you come to church? And she looked at me like I had four eyes. Like she looked at me like I just smoked crack and asked her if she wanted to hit. You know, she was just like, she was just blown away that I would even ask that. And it was like, or not, I don't come to church, you know, because she was completely unresponsive to God. She was not open. She was not receptive to God. It wasn't even part of that uh, equation in our life. There was no God plus her equals anything. It was, it was her plus nothing equals whatever she wanted in life. And so that just totally blew her mind. And I think so many times there's a lot of reasons why people are not receptive to God, but a couple of the main reasons is, is one is fear. People aren't receptive to God. Their minds are closed because they're afraid. They think, they think man, I'm afraid of God, and, and therefore I can't go to him, and, and I'm not able to do that. And Because here's the thing, what if God asked me to do something I don't want to do, then, man, I don't really want to do that. And, and because I have this un... Uh, this messed up view of God. I don't think he's really my father or maybe my father was abusive. And so, man, I would never want to go to that kind of dad or, or that kind of guy and ask him for help. And so there's this fear that keeps them from, from opening up their hearts and opening up their lives to allowing God to do what he wants to do in their lives. The second reason people uh, a lot of times are not open to God is because they have bitterness in their heart. They've become bitter about something. Maybe, maybe things did not go their way and they're thinking, God, why did you allow this to happen in my life? Maybe they have uh, some, some relationships that fell apart in their life and they're like, I cannot believe that God allowed this to, this to happen. Maybe they were married and a spouse cheated on them and they said, God, man, I cannot believe uh, this happened. And they're bitter towards that person. They think, man, I can never forgive them. I can never allow somebody to get close to my life again. Maybe, maybe it's something in their careers that did not go the way they thought it was gonna go and they, they lost their job in the down economy and they're like, God, I can't believe this happened. And they became bitter towards God and they allow that bitterness to come in and creep in and keep them from receiving what God wants to do in their lives because this is what I know when we focus on bitterness we can see nothing else everything that we see is through the eyes of hurt and when we look through the eyes of hurt we miss out on the un overwhelming all-consuming love that God has for each one of us because all we see is the hurt that's in our life there's a third reason I think a lot of people block that out, and that's pride. They just think, man, I can't, I'm not going to receive God because, man, I've got myself into this situation. I can work myself out of it. Man, I'm good enough to do this. I don't need God. He's not even part of my life. I can make this all happen on my own. And they're so proud that they think that I don't need God in my life. And here's the problem. Here's the problem with all that. An unreceptive heart, a hard heart, a closed mind is such a barren lifestyle. It never produces anything. When we're closed-minded, nothing ever grows in our life there. 
And so if we want to grow, first we have to say, God, man, I'm open to what you want to do in my heart this year. I'm open to what you want to do in my life this year. And James says this. He says, so put out of your life every evil thing and every kind of wrong. Then in gentleness, accept God's teaching that is planted in your hearts, which can save you. And he's saying, man, if you want to understand what God wants to do in your life, man, you've got to accept his teaching. You've got to allow him to work in your heart. You're going to allow God's word to penetrate within you. And as that penetrates within you, you'll see something sprout up that'll transform your life, that'll start to grow and start to flourish and give you life and not bring you death like a lot of other things. The second thing that I think we have to do is we must be willing to grow. We gotta be willing to grow. First of all, we gotta be receptive to God. We gotta say, God, I'm I'm receptive to you. The second thing is, is we gotta be willing to grow. That means I've got to make a decision. I have to make a commitment in my life. I've gotta make a commitment that I wanna see God do something in my life. And that you've gotta accept your own spiritual responsibility that you're gonna grow in your life. Because so many times what we do is we blame everybody else. The reason I'm not close to God is because of so-and-so. It's because of my dad. It's because of my brother. It's because of my mother. It's because somebody did something. Somebody hurt me and they're Therefore, I can't get close to God. And this is the reality of life. The reason you're not close to God is because you've chosen to walk away from him. Because here's what I know is that God does not move and he does not change. And so if you're not as close to God as you once were, guess who moved? You. And God this year says, you know what? It's time for you to be be willing to grow. It's time for you to to realize that I'm responsible for my growth. There's things that I got to do. And in Luke chapter 8, verse 6, it says, other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock and this seed began to grow but soon it withered and died for a lack of moisture and then Jesus goes on to explain this kind of soil he says the rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy man people get excited about Jesus man they hear a message they get all pumped up man they have joy in their hearts and they're pumped about it and it says but like young plants in such soil their roots don't go very deep they believe for a while but they wilt when the hot winds of testing blow Basically saying this shallow soil, what it, what it equals is it equals superficial commitment in life. It's a, it's a, there's no depth, there's no root, there's no system there. And you're thrilled with God, but you're never transformed by him. And so many times that represents us, man. We are so thrilled with God. We are so pumped about God. But until we allow God's word to penetrate our lives and to dig down deep, man, it's all just a bunch of hype. I mean, we've all seen people like this in life, man. They hear some message and they're fired up. 30 minutes later, they can't even tell you what the pastor said because it was just a bunch of hoopla. Anybody ever been a part of something like that? I know I have, man. I'll be, I'll be fired up. And then like 30 minutes later, I don't have a clue what I even talked about. Thank you, Bones. A lot of times we're emotionally stirred, but there's shallow commitment there. There's a shallowness that's there. And we never really intended in the first place to really follow through with what God started inside of us. And so how do we make that stick? How do we make that that go a little bit deeper? How do we put down roots? How do we do that? I think think it's a lot like dating. And uh, if you've ever dated, um, you know that that dating is a lot like this. You start dating somebody and within like two weeks, you're like, oh man, I love this person. Anybody ever, every girl knows what I'm talking about because I see them do it. I watch Facebook all the time. All you single ladies, all the single ladies, yeah, you people, (laughs) I'll watch you. Like you'll be dating somebody for a week. Oh, my love, my boo, you know, whatever you want to call them. And uh and, and like three weeks later, you broke up, and where did that love go? Because there was, it was shallow commitment. 
Because this is what I know. Dating my wife was cool. Like there were some benefits to that. But you know what happened? I put a ring on the finger and all of a sudden it went to a whole nother level. H&L, baby. H&L. And you guys will find out, all you single people, when you put a ring on the finger or you get a ring on the finger, it changes everything. There's a commitment that goes with it. And all of a sudden there's more benefits to that relationship. There's things that you can do now that you couldn't do before now that you've found that commitment level. And you said, man, I'm committed to you. And Jesus is saying the same thing to us. He's saying, when you take your commitment level to another level, that relationship goes to another level. And this is what James says. It says, do what God's teaching says. And when you only listen and do nothing, you are fooling yourselves. And so many times we do that. We listen and we think, oh man, that was great, but we never do anything with it. And therefore it's shallow in our lives. And Timothy says, spend your time and energy in training yourself for spiritual fitness. He's saying, man, listen, there's gonna be some commitment that's gotta take place in this. There's gonna be some hard work that's gonna take place. It's gonna be some pain in that because it's a training process. It's something you're gonna have to do over and over and over again. It's just like when you commit to loving somebody, it's not just a one-time decision. It's a continual decision to say, you know what? I'm not just gonna say I love you, but I'm gonna walk that out every single day with my actions with my intentions to make sure that that's where it is. And so where do we start with that? How do we do that practically here today in our lives so that we can see us grow spiritually in a deeper level and make some commitments in our lives? I think that there's four areas that you and I should commit to this year if we truly wanna see ourselves grow in our relationship with God. And the first one is this, is that we commit to connecting with others. We commit to connecting with other people because when you decide to spend your time around other people that are spiritually growing, you know what's gonna happen in your life? You're gonna start to spiritually grow. I know that I am who I am today because of the relationships I have. The, one of the reasons that I've grown in my relationship with God is because I've surrounded with myself with people like Jordan, who is here leading worship, who is my best friend in life. I've surrounded myself with a guy like that who loves Jesus, who's passionate about Jesus. And you know what happens is that passion and that fervor and that zeal rubs off on me. And all of a sudden I start becoming passionate about Jesus. And I start seeing what he's doing and I want to do those things. And then he sees what I'm doing and he wants to do those things. And all of a sudden we're spurring one another on towards a greater and deeper commitment to Jesus Christ. And I think if we're going to be the church that Jesus wants us to be, that God intended for his bride to look like, then we're going to be a church that's in deep relationship with one another. Then we're going to know each other. We're going to strive with one another. We're going to cheer one another on. And I believe that happens in the context of community. It's why we're such a big fan of small groups. It's why we say, if you just come on Sunday morning, you're missing our church. This is just an entry point. This is not who we are. Who we are happens all throughout the week when we're doing life together. And if you're not doing life with other people, if you don't have people in your life like that, I encourage you on, on January 22nd to find a group of people that will push and spur you on to know Jesus in a deeper level so that it will help you push you to grow further in your relationship with him because it will change your life. It will change your life. A second area is that we should commit to growing spiritually. It's, it's you know, we gotta spend time in God's word. Listen, if we're not getting in God's word daily, it's one of the reasons we hang out, hand out God's word to you today, the daily devotional, so that you can do at least something to grow your relationship with God. We think it's so critical because if you just ate a meal once a week, you would be completely malnourished. But so many times we find that that is just okay. We'll go to church once a week and that's enough of Jesus. That's all I need. That is not enough to survive. If somebody were to come to your house and you fed your kid once a week, they would take your kid away from you because you were being a, a, a foolish parent. And so if we're, just, if we're just 
snacking on God once a week, man, we are missing it. God wants us to know him daily, and that means spending time with him. That means praying. That means seeking his face on a daily basis and saying, God, what do you want to do in my life today? How do you want to move in me? Man, show me some truth through your word so that I can know you better today. Third area that I think we need to commit to is we need to commit to using our talents. God has gifted every single one of us with different talents, whether that's speaking abilities, whether that's serving abilities, whether that's just a warm smile, whether that's being able to sing or whether that's whatever it may be. God has given us abilities and he's saying, man, we've got to use those things for his glory. If we're just using them all for his gain, we're missing out on why he gave us talent. And it's so critical for us to utilize the gifts and talents that God has given us for his glory and for his renown so that he can be glorified in all things. What do you say? He, he says, in all your work, do it as unto me. Do it as unto God. And so everything that we do needs to be glorifying him. And so this year, man, I think we need to take our service level up to another level. It's, you know, one of the reasons why we do outreaches all the time because we want you guys to use the gifts and talents that God has given you to serve people, to impact people's lives. It's one of the reasons why we tell you all the time, man, get involved at church. Man, usher, go help some kids grow in their relationship with God. I don't know if you noticed this, but there's a ton of kids that come to our church that passionately want to know Jesus. They just need some people to teach them. You know, there's, there's people that come in here every week that they just need somebody to show them the way. There's opportunities for you to use the gifts and talents that God's given you. Most of the time, we're just using them for ourselves. And God didn't give us those so that we could hoard them. He gave them to us so we could give them away. And so this year, I want to encourage you, open up that bulletin that we give you every week. Fill that out and say, man, you know what? I want to get involved somewhere. I want to make an effort to use the gifts and talents that God has given me to make an impact in somebody's lives. Don't let another day pass you by, man. If you fill that out this week and drop in the offering basket, I guarantee somebody will call you up and be like, we want to use you. We need your help because we do. And people need your talents. The reason you love our church is because somebody was there that greeted you and welcomed you and made you feel comfortable and made sure your kids were taken care of. We want the next person to have that same experience. We want them to have that same community and that same feel. And the fourth area that I think we should commit to is we commit to sharing our faith. It's so critical that we're continuously getting out there and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people and what he's done in our lives. Because that's what Jesus, that's really the commandment that he gave us at the end. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And our world might be our local community. It might be Africa for some of you guys, but for most of us, it's gonna be right here. And we need to take that, that, that decree that he gave us, that, that mandate that he gave us seriously this year and say, you know what? I'm gonna utilize every opportunity that I have to have God conversations. In fact, this, this just... Uh, Yesterday, I got, a, I got an email from a guy that was here, and he was telling me, he emailed me, and he said, hey, TJ, I just wanted to write you a message. He, he had just gotten a, a promotion and moved away. He was like, my girlfriend is still down there, but the other day, she was uh, sitting out on her balcony in her apartment complex, and she saw a girl walking around the lake outside, and she, and she just looked at her, and she said, she thought to herself, man, that girl looks really lonely. She looked like she was a little anorexic and, and uh, just hurting. You know when you can just look at somebody and you just see hurt in their, in their face? And she thought to herself, oh, that, that sucks for her, you know? And she started to walk in, and she remembered a story that we told here one Sunday about, about a, guy, a guy that I walked back into an Applebee's with and just told him Jesus loved him just because I felt like God told me to. And all of a sudden, she had this, this moving of God's spirit in her heart that said, go talk to that girl. And she got dressed, and she walked down, and she just walked up to this girl, and she said, hey, do you mind if I walk with you? Would you like a walking buddy? And this girl's countenance went from just like, like death to life. And during this walk around the lake about 15 times, she said, she said she got to tell this girl all about Jesus and how much he loved her. 
and what a, what a difference he can make in her life. And when she left her that day, she didn't get to say a prayer with her, but she got to share Jesus with her like she had never heard it before. And this girl walked away with so much joy and so much hope where before she was so hopeless. And there's opportunities that are before us every single day that we just walk past because we think, oh, that's inconvenient or that's, there, nothing's really gonna happen. But I wanna tell you that God is putting opportunities in front of you continuously for you to make a difference in people's lives. Don't miss out on the opportunities that are before you because this year we need to make some commitments to say, you know what, Jesus, man, I commit to growing, man. I'm gonna commit to doing the things that you asked me to do and I'm gonna go after those things and I'm gonna get involved and I'm gonna make a commitment to a church and I'm gonna make that place my home and I'm gonna get involved there and I'm I'm going to grow spiritually. I'm going to do relationship with other people. And I'm going to see my life completely transformed. And I believe that God will do that. And finally, I think the, the, the third kind of soil that Jesus talked about there is he was talking about the fact that, that I got to be serious about the distractions that are in life. Because I don't know if you noticed this, but the most important goal in our life is to grow spiritually. When we find Christ and we understand what God wants to do in our hearts and lives and what he did for us, the most important thing we can do is know him better. I know that people are gonna think I'm crazy, but it's more important than your career, it's more important than your family, it's more important than your investments and more important than all those things because that relationship with God affects all of those other things. And if we get that relationship right, then all those other things will fall into the correct place. And God is saying, you know what? Man, the most important thing you would do that you're here for, the very reason you're on earth is to be in relationship with me. When I created humans in the beginning, I said, I want to walk with them and I want to talk with them. Man, I wanted relationship. And the reason I sent my son is because they were separated from me and I want to be back with them. And I want to be back with people today, man. But there's all kinds of things that are gearing, getting in between there. The Bible says that there's all these distractions that are in our lives. There are all these things that pop up and the devil will use all kinds of things to try to get us off our objective of knowing Jesus better. He's gonna use all kinds of things and he can use good things and he can use bad things. I mean, he can use things like riches and glory, but he can also use things like our family and our careers and all those things to get us off track for where God wants us to go. And there are lots of problems and lots of events that happen in our lives that cause us to waste time, to waste energy and to miss out on what God wants to do. And the Bible calls these things distraction weeds. That's what he's saying here. He said, they're weeds that grow up in your life and they begin to choke out your spiritual growth that God is doing within you. And in Luke chapter eight, verse seven, he said, some seed fell among thorny weeds, but the weeds grew up with it and choked the good plants. And then in verse 14, he said, that seed fell among the thorny weeds was like those who hear God's teaching, but let the worries, the riches and the pleasures of this life keep them from growing and producing good fruit. And it says the soil with weeds, that's like an overcrowded life. It's an overcrowded life. And there are so many people who live un unpredictive, unproductive lives. You want to know why? Because their life is overcrowded. There are people who become believers in Christ, but they never grow, they never mature, they never fulfill the purpose and plans that God has for their lives. You want to know why? Because their life has become overcrowded. You know, you think about it. What is a weed? It's anything that distracts us from knowing God better. It's anything that takes us away from having a deeper relationship with God. It could be a hobby. It could be an investment. It could be our friends. It could be our family. It could be any of those things. And what happens is it grows up and it starts to choke out our spiritual development in our life. And some of you guys in here, you know what? If I were to ask you, man, how close were you, are you with God? You would say, you know what? I probably, I used to be closer. I used to have a better relationship with God. And you know what's happened? Stuff has come up in your life and it started to choke out 
that relationship with God. Some things have come up that have started taking a bigger priority. And you know, you say, man, I used to have more joy. I used to have more enthusiasm. I used to be more passionate. But that passion started to dwindle because things started creeping up in your life and they started taking over the areas where God was once ruler and reigner in your life. And the reason why is overcrowding. You've allowed something else to sap off your energy and your time and your joy and your vision. And Jesus points out three kinds of weeds that I think are very prevalent in our lives today and in our society. First one is cares. He says the cares of life. You know, it's it's all the problems and the pressures and the, the worries of life. It's the 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 striving of success. It's the stress that comes with that. And he says, man, those things, success can draw you away from God. It can, it can pull you around. In fact, that Greek word is there, marima, and it means to be pulled in different directions. The cares of this world, it says they actually pull us in different directions. And we get pulled in different directions, man, we get separated. We get separated from the things that matter most in our lives. The second area is, he said, riches. He said the riches, man, riches can choke the vitality. We can be so busy making money and going after all this stuff that we miss out on it. We can be so busy busy making a living that we forget to make a life. They said the third area there is, is pleasures. Pleasures can be a weed, man. The things that are a good time, that are fun, that are the hobbies, the activities of life. We get so busy with those that we say, sorry, God, man, I forgot about you, man. I gotta go to the beach today. Or I gotta go to the golf course. Or Disney's right around the corner, I better go there. And, and, and most of those things, if you really think about it, they're not bad things. They're just, they're just out of order. God doesn't say you can't have those things in your life. He doesn't say, in fact, God would love for us to have downtime and all that stuff. But when they take the priority, that's when it messes up our life. If you think about it, what does it take to grow weed? Nothing. I don't go into my backyard and I don't, you know, sow seeds for weeds. I don't, I don't go in there and put down, you know, manure and stuff to help the weeds grow. They just come up automatically, don't they? In fact, if I don't do anything, my entire yard will become weeds. You know what weeds are? Weeds are a sign of neglect. We're neglecting something important in our life. Some of you, maybe it's not your relationship with God. Maybe that's, that's awesome. Maybe there's some neglect in your relationship and there's some weeds that are growing up with your spouse. And you're, maybe this year is a time where you say, you know what, I need to put some more effort into that. Maybe it's in your finances. You see a whole bunch of weeds growing up and you say, you know what, I need to, need to put some time in that. But I think probably for the most of us, it's our spiritual walk with God. It's our walk with God, man. There's, there's weeds that have crept in and we've, we've neglected things that God has called us to do and asked us to do because it wasn't convenient or it wasn't fun. Or you say, man, I don't understand what the Bible says. This is what I know, man. If you start seeking God, God always shows up. It says if we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And this year, I believe that we're gonna need to get some spiritual roundup. We need to get, go out there and we're gonna need to kill some weeds in our life so we can allow God to grow up and to grow large and to consume our life, to be the number one thing within us this year, to make him our all in all. 
And that's going to mean for some of us changing our schedules. For some of us, that's going to mean we can't burn the, the candle on both ends because as, as bright as we think we're burning, we're not burning that bright. Let's allow God to, to clean up our life. And let's make a commitment to run after God with everything that we have this year. Let's pray.